This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Andre Snellings with you this morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for waking up with us. You can watch us on ESPN2, ESPNU. You're listening to us on ESPN Radio, which is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can find Dr. Dre at Professor Dr. Z on X or whatever the heck it's called (laughs) these days. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. What team, we just talked, Dre, about what quarterbacks are facing a make or break season. Let's talk about about what team in the NFL is facing a make or break season, meaning the team that has to do some serious winning here, or there's going to be very significant changes from the top down. Let's go through some of these teams. What about the Cleveland Browns? It's a team that kind of, they got a pass last season because of that 11-game suspension to Deshaun Watson. You didn't have high expectations for that team anyways when you weren't going to have Watson available. I think Watson looked worse than any of us expected coming back from that suspension. It had been a long time since he played football, but I think even considering that he looked rustier, maybe seeing it play out in real time was a bit shocking because he looked rustier than we expected when all of us remember what he looked like. Prime Deshaun Watson, Houston, top five quarterback in the league, Deshaun Watson. The Cleveland Browns this season, though, now he's there, he's at training camp, he's coming in, there's no real reason for him to still have that rust on his boots. What do you make of the Cleveland Browns? Make or break? I don't think it's quite make or break in that sense. I, I do expect Watson to be better because there was a time he, he came out in the same draft class with Mahomes, and there was a time when the two of them were, which one is better? Which one is, is, is the one you would build around for the future? So I think that has to still be in there somewhere. The rust is going to wear off. But the Browns have the feel to me of a team that's building. You know, they're, they're not a team that's been there for a few years and, and, if they don't break through, then it's going to be a problem. So I don't think it's quite make or break, but I do expect them to be better. I actually think that it could be make or break just in terms of changes there for Cleveland, but it ain't make or break when it comes to Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I mean, you are stuck, right? Yeah. I mean, He's already made out. it. I, I do. Well, yeah, he made it in terms of his bank account. <laughs> that dude could go out and be the worst quarterback in the National Football League. And mm-hmm. what? Right? I mean, 230 Guaranteed dollars for five years, Andre. So we're a year into that experience. So absolutely, there will not be changes at the quarterback position there for Cleveland. I don't know about the personnel changes being so significant. That coaching staff might be feeling some pressure there for the Browns. Kevin Stefanski going into his fourth season. He is 26-24 and after going 11-5 and in his first year. So I do think that that makes a big difference. When we're talking about changes, it might be his seat that's hot, not Deshaun Watson's. Let's talk about the Detroit Lions. This is a team, Andre, and I don't know how you feel. It was very trendy last year to be very high on the Lions, and then they started the season like one and six. And I was (laughs) screaming into the microphone, told you so, because I have never been as high on the Lions as everybody else. And a lot of our NFL experts are really, really high on the Lions. I'm a little warmer on them this season. I ain't warm. I'm not hot. I'm not saying that, okay? A lot of people are hot, hot, piping hot on the Lions. But I am a little warm. I feel better about them this season than I did last season. Jared Goff did impress me last season for Detroit. I'm not a believer in Dan Campbell. I've always been transparent about that. I think people love Dan Campbell because of the sound bites more than the actual coaching. Is it make or break here for the Detroit Lions? Again, not a make or break to me. Um, the, the the Dan Campbell rah-rah, he does seem kind of like he was a coach out of central casting mm-hmm. that they, they had for a movie. He was going to win one for the Gippers type coach. <laughs> 
100%. You could not cast an NFL coach better than Dan Campbell. Yeah. If it was a movie, I'd be sold on Dan Campbell. It ain't a movie, though. It's not a movie. So here's the thing. I, I am from Ohio. I'm a Bengals fan. But I spent most of my adult life living in Michigan, just outside of, you know, in the Lions market. So I've watched them suffer for a really long time as mm-hmm. well. I think that they're a team that should be better. They 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 continue to to grow. They were really hot in the second half of last season. I'm not one that thinks that that carries over and all of a sudden they're going to win the the NFC. I'm I'm not quite there yet, but I do think that they should challenge for 10 wins. If they come out and, you know, go 1 and 8 again and end the season with 4 wins, then yeah, maybe you start seeing some changes. So it's make a break in that respect. But I I think that the expectations are not that out of line with what the team actually is. So um, I, I don't feel like it's make or break for them. They upgraded that secondary this offseason, which was atrocious for them last season. So they've done some improvements here. They've made some improvements. I do think it's a make or break in terms of the narrative surrounding that team. I don't know if Dan Campbell's seat is true, super hot, but I do think that if this season again – the Lions aren't what people expect as sort of the trendy pick again when we enter this season. I think that finally that you'll start seeing a lot of that heat, despite the sound bites, even though he's great for biting off kneecaps, I do think you'll start seeing some of that heat around that coaching staff in Detroit. Uh, The Chargers, make or break for the Chargers, a team that the quarterback just got paid. I think we all believe in that quarterback, Andre Snellings, but not many of us believe in that head coach at this point in Staley. Yeah, um... Definitely make or break for them. They're another one of those teams that's been a hit away for a little too long, but they haven't had any postseason success, unlike the Bills. So I think that they've made their quarterback another quarter billion dollar player. He's going to be there. He's going to be the face of the franchise. After that collapse in the playoffs last year, I think Staley has been on the hot seat since that moment, if he wasn't already before. So, yes, it's make or break for him in particular. If the team doesn't get to the playoffs, and in my opinion, they need to win a a game in the playoffs, then I think this could be the end for him. They've made their quarterback a quarter billion. Andre Snelling <laughs> spitting bars over there this bars. morning at 7 a.m. on ESPN2 and on ESPN Radio. Uh, the, I, I agree with you, but I think that the seat could not be hotter, frankly, for Staley. I think bringing in uh, Kellen Moore. The thing with that, though, when you bring in an OC, it looks like he could be a head coach in waiting. But also, if they do well this year and they look really good on offense, then it kind of feels like, well, then Staley's not going anywhere either. So I think it's a make or break season for that staff. Justin Herbert got paid. They're in sort of the unusual situation of us all very much believing in that quarterback and in the weapons, both offensively and defensively on that team. And it feels feeling like the finger is very squarely pointed at who's coaching that team. The New England Patriots, a coach that none of us had questions in just a few years ago. Uh, I believe he was the greatest coach in NFL history, according to like most everybody. And now all of a sudden, some people are saying he's on the hot seat this season. Is it make or break for the Pats? I think it's make or break for Mac Jones. Um, I don't think that Belichick is going to get pushed out just yet, but there is a bit of make or break for him as well. Because really, let's keep it honest. Ever since Tom Brady won that Super Bowl, everybody has been looking at Belichick like, okay, so where's yours? You know, if you made Brady, then make another Brady. And so I do think that they need to do some winning. The problem is they're in the toughest division, arguably in football, in the hardest conference in football. 
And so I don't know what their upside is. So, I, I, you know, with that being the case, I don't know that make is really possible. But I do think that if they're not showing significant improvements this season, then Mac Jones is out as the quarterback and Belichick will have an even warmer seat going into next offseason. Uh, installing a new offense here with a new OC, Bill finally realized, hey, maybe I should bring in an offensive <laughs> coordinator that's actually, you know, an offensive guy. Crazy concept. concept. Crazy concept. We'll see how it works. I do agree with you. It's make or break for Mac Jones. I don't at all believe it's make or break for Bill Belichick. I think that that is just Robert Kraft. Some of the comments he's made, he's alluded to it. I'm not here for personal records because we all know that Belichick is chasing Don Shula for the winningest NFL head coach of all time. He's years away from that still. I mean, years away from that uh, on the trajectory, at least right now, that the New England Patriots seem to be. However, I think... I feel like that's just Robert Kraft trying to motivate Bill. Like, I don't, I don't actually, you're not getting rid of Bill Belichick <laughs> with everything that he's done for you. Now, over the years, I mean, Bill's in his 70s. Is there, if this goes on for a few more years, is there a point where Robert Kraft kind of, hey, Bill, maybe you should retire? Like, let's go hang out on the mega yacht. And, and that's encouraged a bit. Sure. They're not going to fire Bill Belichick, I don't think, at any point for that organization. I do think that they end up, uh, if Mac Jones doesn't feel like the answer, that they would end up moving on from Mac Jones as their starting quarterback, but not that coaching staff, not, e- not even at the OC position. I feel like right now that coaching staff, that, that, that stuff is getting more time. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think to me, it's make or break in the sense that they have to figure out what their quarterback situation is going to be moving forward. Um, the There's no expectations on them. I don't think they're going to be good. So I have trouble saying make or break in that sense because they just aren't a good team. I'm worried that it could be a make or break for for Todd Bowles, the, the head coach. I don't think it should be because you have to look at the team that he's working with right now. But, you know, they they need a quarterback. They, they, they're the only team going in with a QB1 that's a or B, you know, it's Trask or Baker. And and so what they say, if you've got two quarterbacks, you've got no quarterback. So I think that it's make or break for that quarterback position, but hopefully not for the um, the coaching staff. I think it's make or break for Todd Bowles. I think it's make or break for the quarterbacks. I think it's make or break for basically everybody on the Tampa Bay Bucks. I do think it's one of those seasons. And you said it's unfair to Bowles. I think that the reason, though, that it's make or break for Bowles is because was it unfair to him last season? And yes, he was coming in, obviously, as a rookie head coach, but it wasn't like that team didn't have Tom Brady and didn't still, by the way, have some of those weapons last season that won a Super Bowl. And Mike Evans is still there. Like they still have some of those, some of those guys, even on this team. But last year they, they had more of those guys on this Tampa Bay Bucks team. And the Bucks, although at the top of that division did so with a losing record, we know how disappointing things went for Tampa this past season. So I think that that automatically sort of put Todd Bowles on the hot seat, so to speak. And now, yes, this season, he's got a much more difficult task, but in a conference that he should be able to make some noise in. It's hard when you don't have a quarterback. I'm a Gators fan, so I really (laughs) want to see Kyle Trask go out and do well. But then I'm also weirdly a fan of Baker Mayfield just because I feel like he's one of those guys that's so good in terms of star power and he's so good as an actor that we need him to do well so he can stay in commercials for the NFL. (laughs) So I want it to work out for no matter who ends up being the starter there in Tampa. I don't know if I believe it's going to. It feels like tough sledding. That owner 
ownership there. The Glazers in Tampa have not shown in the past any patience with coaches. They are right quick to move on from you. If they don't feel like you're doing a good job, even though Todd Bowles has been with that organization and as a coordinator, he did a heck of a job. I do think that there would be significant changes for the Bucks after this season if they don't live up to some semblance of expectation. I don't think they need to win the conference to do that, though. Coming up next, do the New York Jets have the biggest target on their back in the entire NFL this season? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com this is espn radio andre snell and he's dancing he's moving those shoulders this morning if you want to see andre or me fire up espn2 and espnu espn radio is presented to you by progressive insurance the jets we would have been talking about them Andre anyways, because they were supposed to be very good this season with or without Aaron Rodgers, but it was a quarterback. That's the question, right? Like we all believed in that defense from last season. And yes, there were weapons on this offense before Aaron Rodgers arrived, but there's only so much you can do with them. If you don't have a quarterback at the helm and nobody really believed in Zach White, uh, no, Zach Wilson, nobody really believed there in Mike White. And so Aaron Rodgers enters the conversation And now you go from, yes, we would have been talking about the Jets anyways in the AFC East to we're nonstop talking about the New York Jets. We're never not talking about the New York Jets. Does that create a massive target on their backs? Do you think that this is going to be the most targeted team in the entire NFL? See, I don't see them as the most targeted team in the league because I think that's the Chiefs. They, they, they're the winner. Not, they're not just the winners, but Mahomes is the most charismatic player in the NFL right now. I think everybody circles the Chiefs on their calendar, and that's who they really get up to play against. But I do see the annoyance possibility if you're not on the Jets or you're not in the New York fan base of all of the attention that they're getting now. And, you know, we have shows dedicated to them, probably much like the Cowboys. They've become a team that we talk about so much. It probably gets on everyone's nerves a little bit. So I could see that, but I think the Chiefs are the main target for every other team. They're the main target for me in terms of setting the standard in the NFL, and they are very obviously the best, and most people don't dispute that, even though they are in an absolutely packed, stacked, and loaded conference. However, when it comes to annoyance, the Chiefs don't really make the list for me. It's almost what's disappointing about the Chiefs, right? Because I want to hate them because they're so great, and I want to hate that quarterback. But, I mean, I, I don't, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, I don't even really hate that fan base, even though it's a rabid fan base. It's a weird experience. There's something very likable about the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. So, I agree with you in terms of them setting the standard, but I do think that there are far more annoying teams and maybe the New York Jets are one of them. Let's bring in some help with this conversation. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter joining us. Diana, do the New York Jets, since we are talking about them nonstop, and of course, that's what's going to happen when Aaron Rodgers joins your team and when you're supposed to be a good team, but do 
the New York Jets have the biggest target on their backs this season in the entire NFL? Good morning, guys. Uh, They absolutely do. And I sort of look at them now almost like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champs here. Whenever teams face the Chiefs, they always bring their A game because they know that they've got the star power of Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and they've got the accomplishment. And we see that every year. Everyone's always after the Super Bowl champs to try to take them down. I feel like we could even use that uh, example, even in, in going back to youth sports, right? You always want to take down the champ. The Jets haven't won anything, right? But they've certainly won the offseason. That is for sure, right? They are the champs of this in terms of being able to acquire Aaron Rodgers and all the hype that is surrounding it. And, you know, when I think when people hear about the hype and you don't live in the New York market, you're not really sure how real it is, or maybe you're questioning why people are so excited when this fan base hasn't won anything. But as someone that lives in this area and has covered the team a lot this offseason and this summer during training camp, there there is not just an energy and an excitement, but there's actually skills on the field, which is giving people the confidence and giving fans the belief that this is a team that's going to go to the Super Bowl. Not just go to the playoffs, go to the Super Bowl. So the fact that they've got the hype, they got the energy, they got hard knocks, and Aaron Rodgers is is likable, but also at the same time through this process, I think there's a lot of people who want to see him fail. They want to see the New York Jets make such a big investment and then turn up at the end of the season out of the playoffs. So the target of, I mean, I think of any team, of any team in the NFL right now, the New York Jets had the biggest target on their back. So, Diana, um, I am the resident Bengals fan right now. Should I be, is it time to be concerned about the status of, of Joe Burrow's injury? Is it maybe worse than than we've heard so far? Well, first of all, it is so nice to have someone from Cincy at least representing this team, especially Today. on this show. I feel like <laughs> I, I've I deal with Patriots, I deal with Saints fans all all these years. So what a what a fresh fan base here. Um, which by the way, your fan base on social media is aggressive. <laughs> Man, we've been bad a really long time, you know, so we have to enjoy actually being in the conversation for once. Yeah, and, and you should. And 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 based on, on this roster and the consistency that they have, not just on the field, but even just the coaching staff, you, you have every right to be excited for this season. I don't think the defense – I'm not going to put them in the top ten this year for you, but <laughs> – but with Lou Anarumo, I, you know, I, I still think you're, you guys are, are, are going to be a scary group. Uh, on the other side of the ball, obviously, Joe Burrow, the biggest concern here with this calf injury. Look, from from having conversations with people in Cincy, they want to be conservative with this. They do not want to see a situation. They don't want to put him in a position, a situation where this is going to be a reoccurring problem all season long. And I think the challenge that they're going to have to face here is the patience knowing how tight the AFC is, knowing what the schedule looks like right out of the gate, playing teams in their division week one, week two, with the wild card at stake. You you have so many factors, but they don't want to deal with a Joe Burrow injury in January. So, um, you know, you heard Zach Taylor yesterday being a little vague about about it. And, And they're being vague because 
they don't truly know. They don't really know when he's going to be back, and they have to be really careful with this injury. And, you know, we we talk about injuries all the time. They're always difficult to figure out because everyone heals a different way and rehabs a different way. And uh, having covered Joe a lot, I can tell you, he's probably doing absolutely everything to get back on the field. Are they being vague, Diana, though, just because of the injury, or is there a contract dispute that's happening behind the scenes? We really haven't heard much about the contract situation with Burrow. I think we all expect he's going to get paid. We all expect he's going to get the extension. What's taking so long? Yeah, I haven't heard any issues or hang-ups at this point. Um, I think this injury obviously has become the headline because it it is very concerning. Um, From conversations I've had in Cincy, this isn't where – Oh, Joe got hurt, so now we're changing his money. That that not at all. This is this is Joe Burrow's team for the next ten years. This the, he will be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL this year. Um, it's just ironing out w- w- some of the holdups here. Um, I don't have the specifics of what is actually the reason they haven't signed uh, on the dotted line just yet, or or, or made that offer final. Um, but. Every time I've checked in, it's it's very optimistic about Barrow's deal getting done. All right. So we talk about uh, a lot about Burrow. He's the quarterback of the, the now. Which of the first-year starting quarterbacks are you most interested in seeing who's the quarterback of the future? Ah, uh, gosh. You know, it's – I've been talking to a lot of people in Indy, and I am a little um, – almost – I'm excited, obviously, about what they're doing there. But I'm shocked at how much they're progressing there on offense already. Uh, but in terms of what I want to see on the field, it's actually it's actually C.J. Stroud in Houston. A uh, couple reasons. One, headed into the draft, just talking to scouts around the league about what they expected from him. Um, he was my favorite quarterback based on just people that are experts at this in terms of what he can do and the potential um, and, you know, talking to some of his teammates already this offseason, just how much he's impressed them um, to have a rookie come in and already have that veteran swag. That takes a lot that that you don't hear that often. You know, you hear you hear that quarterback step in and they're smart. Uh, they're understanding the offense. They've already have great leadership skills. But to have the ability to fit in in the meeting rooms, on the field, in your rookie season, without even taking a snap in a real-life game and already having people feel like, man, this guy looks like he's been in the league four or five years. I want to see it. You know, it's so hard to break down what these guys are going to be because we don't know. But of all the young rookie quarterbacks that are going to be on the field, I'm not, I don't think Houston's going to be great. But, man, I, I think C.J. Stroud gives the Houston Texans – some edge and and I'm certainly looking forward to seeing what he can do Diana Rossini ESPN NFL reporter find her at Diana ESPN thanks Diana Amber thanks so much Amber I feel like in my during my morning routine it's like the same thing check my phone brush my teeth have my coffee and listen to you on the radio you're doing a great job I love listening to you thank you I appreciate that so much Diana Rossini joins us live from the seaport brought to you by Gray Goose coming up next here Andre Snellings and Amber Wilson with you on ESPN radio and on the ESPN app which first year starter are you most interested to watch this season that and more passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson, Andre Snellings, hanging out with you here on ESPN2 and ESPNU. You can find him on social at Professor Dr. Z. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We are getting you ready for NFL season. Is NFL heavy because we are less than a month away, less than a month away. I'm so excited. We cannot wait here on ESPN Radio. You know how we do this thing. So let's bring in some help with the NFL conversation. Lance Zerline, co-host of The Bench on 97.5 in Houston, NFL.com draft analyst. Lance, thanks so much for joining us. I want to bring you in on a conversation that we were having a bit earlier in the show where Andre and I were debating who has the biggest target on their back this season in terms of a team. Is it the New York Jets, because now they're easy to hate because they get all the attention with Aaron Rodgers. Is it still the Chiefs because they're the best team in the NFL? They're the defending champs. Who do you think has the biggest target team-wise? Well, I think you you pick two teams that make a lot of sense. I'm going to throw a third team in there. I think it's Detroit Lions, um, a team who the media loves, and rightfully so. We all love them because of you know the head coach, the way that they've fought and scrapped the last two years, even when they weren't very good from a – a record standpoint two years ago, they were they were in, you know, all the games, it seemed like. They were really feisty. Um, there's a lot of hype around the Lions. So I think kind of a sneaky team that's going to get everyone's best look this year, I think could be the Detroit Lions because they have so much positivity around their team. You have Aaron Rodgers out of the division now. I think the Lions are a team that they can't sneak up on anyone anymore. I think we all realize they're a pretty good football team. And I think all the teams around the league know that too. So let's uh, let's take it a little closer to your backyard. Uh, we just had a conversation with Diana Rossini about which first-year quarterback she's most excited to see, and she says C.J. Stroud because he already feels like a five-year veteran. So, what is your impression of Stroud so far, and what are your expectations of him this season? Well, I think Stroud. You know, Stroud had just a week ago. Stroud was having some issues in terms of decision making, had some interceptions. Um, and then he's really come a- along. I mean, this has been a good week for him. 
and he's really, I, you know, I talked to somebody uh, tight with the organization who said it's it's really night and day. I mean, it's gone from being kind of a neck and neck battle between uh, Davis Mills and C.J. Stroud, and that's you know that's relative to camp. We know this is C.J. Stroud's team, but this week it's it's been very clear that this is C.J. Stroud that he's the better quarterback of the two right now, and I think that's uh, that's really good to hear, and it, and it kind of it kind of tracks with the with you know the growth of a player in the preseason. Now, I think what's going to happen is we're going to have all these conversations about C.J. Stroud and looking this way and looking that way in practice, and then there's going to be bumps in the road. Like there's going to be bumps for Bryce Young as well, and, and really all and Anthony Richardson, the quarterback, expected to start. But I think with C.J. Stroud, what I really love is that, you know, he's a little different than the quarterbacks I've studied from Ohio State as a passer. I think he's more pocket-ready. And Bobby Slowick, his offense coming over from San Francisco, I think it's just the perfect fit for C.J. Stroud. You add with that a very uh, impressive running game with Damian Pierce, the rookie last year, who had such a great year. Now you add Devin Singletary to the mix. You know, the big key here that no one's going to talk about except in Houston is that they just lost their starting center you know, to a knee injury. So Juice Scruggs, the second-round rookie from Penn State, is going to have to plug in and have – a solid year as a rookie. That's going to be one of the sneaky keys. But for me, I think C.J. Stroud is really going to fit extremely well in this offense, but it's going to take time. We've got to be patient. Uh, patience, not something that fan bases always have, but certainly no. <laughs> something that the Texans fan Never. base is going to need right now. Lance Zerline, co-host of The Bench on 97.5 in Houston, also NFL.com draft analyst. Lance, you've obviously got a new, entirely new system, not just C.J. Stroud. You've got a new coaching mm-hmm. staff there in Houston as well. Uh, Ryan's got a long deal. I think that the organization recognizes there in Houston that there is some growing pains, even if the fan base may have some uh, different difficulty with it what is the expectation is it just this season for the Texans to see that progress to see that new system to see CJ Stroud show some promise or do you think that they actually could leapfrog the Colts in the division so to speak I recognize nobody thinks they're winning the division but what's the real expectation here yeah I think you know what you're asking is interesting because you're asking from the position of of a media member and, and I'm a media member and an analyst and and you know, we're, that's a good question. That's that's kind of what I'm expecting is to see growth. I want to see uh, the ability to fit inside the system. I think when we talk about expectations, there's two different ones. I think there's what the fans are going to expect and what the media expects or what analysts may expect. However, in this particular case, I think I think for the fan standpoint, they want to see something that makes them happy to go to a game on Sundays. Because trust me, most of them have, haven't been to games on Sundays for about three or four years now. And you know, with COVID and then with just bad football, they have fallen completely out of love with the Texans. So for the fans, they want something to look forward to on a Sunday. I mean, it's, it's that simple. And if it means better competitiveness, if it means six wins, which I think would be a nice mark for the Texans, six wins, that's what it's going to be for them. For me, I think that it's more about the process than the results. So I want to see the growth. And, you know, with the process can come as many as seven wins, but it could be as few as five wins. So it just, I want to see better football. I want to see a team with accountability. I want to see leadership, but most importantly, you want to see consistency from week six to week 12. You know, you want to see prolonged consistency with this team. And I'm telling you, and I have never, I've been in this business a long time. My dad was a coach in the NFL. I have never seen a coach in the NFL and really frankly, in any sport, 
who is more upbeat, more positive, and more real than D'Amico Ryans. And until you have seen that, until you have watched the players experience that, I think it's hard to get a grip on what that type of energy can mean for a team that's trying to rebuild. So I really think just getting everyone on board the same page and having the feeling that you've got core players ready to roll in the same direction is something that is a big goal for the Texans. And I think it's extremely achievable with D'Amico Ryans. And then next year you start looking at, hey, you know, how about a winning record? I think next year's is when you look at that. But for this year, it's everything else I just talked about. So you you mentioned uh, D'Amico Ryans, and he's a defense guy. But we've been talking about the Texans. We talked about, you know, Stroud and what their team expectations are. But the pick after Stroud was Will Anderson Jr. And I remember the year before mm. when Derek Stingley Jr. was supposed to be perhaps the best quarterback and cornerback in that draft. What's the young mm. defense looking like or uh, shaping up into this season? I think it's I think it's going to take on um, uh, I think it's going to take on a, a very quick transition and one that where they are much much more consistent and much more aggressive. You know the thing with Stingley Stingley's had three straight years where he's ended the ended his career or ended his season um, on the sidelines two at LSU and then last year with the Texans. The first thing is he has to show he's healthy, but I think he's in a system right now and and I think he's he's feeling the pressure of being who he we saw him as as a player in 2019, I think this is going to be a good year for Stingley, and I think it's a good system for him. More importantly than that, having young players who are attack-oriented, who are getting up the field with reckless abandon and who have the positivity, you know, it's been Bill O'Brien to, to David Culley to Levy Smith. There's really – I don't think there's been anyone to energize the players, and frankly, the, the players haven't been very good on that side. I think now you're starting you see Christian Harris you got Will Anderson you've got Jonathan Grenard you've got some young guys Jalen Petrie who is you guys are going to talk a lot about Jalen Petrie over the next couple of years these are some guys that you can really build around and everything that I look at with the Texans I kind of compare with the Houston Astros when they were a really bad f- baseball team and they started to add core players and so we've seen the blueprint here in Houston and so now subconsciously you always want to see if the blueprints can kind of match up and obviously this is the early stages, but I think that's a really good question because defensively to me is actually, we talk about Stroud a lot, but defensively is where you can see the results, I think, manifest itself on the field much more quickly because of D'Amico Ryans and because of, uh, of guys like Will Anderson, who frankly will take on a leadership role way earlier than expected for a rookie. Worked out pretty well for the Strohs. We'll see if building towards that works out the same way for the Houston Texans. You can it check him out. It worked out so good we got, to, we got to hear a Grand Slam call two days in a row That's when I was here on the – when I was listening into the uh, – to, to the sports center up. Yeah, yeah. You know, it happens, Lance. You know, it's early. It's early in the morning. Lance Erline, co-host of The Bench. Check him out on 97.5 in Houston. Thanks, Lance. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Coming up next here on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2, Amber Wilson and Andre Snellings with you. When supporting someone turns tone deaf, we will get into that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills 
and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. Andre, I just saw that one of our one of our regular listeners, Matt from Atlantic City, he put on Instagram. He'd taken a picture, and I missed it on TV because when you and I are on TV, of course, we're not always looking at the TV, right? It's, right. it's, it's a little bit difficult to do when you're on TV, you're looking at the camera. So we didn't see the graphics that Jerry and the television department put up there where they actually made a graphic of our resumes <laughs> and put them side by side. And I felt like I said early in the top of the show, if you miss anything here, you can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. I felt fancy. Like I feel pretty fancy when I'm here, you know, in terms of the Esquire after my name, I'm a lawyer. I, I think I'm the only practicing lawyer that's on ESPN radio. And then Andre Snelling enters the picture. <laughs> okay. All right. And I feel like, man, I really haven't accomplished bleep in my life. Get out of here. <laughs> so right now, if you're watching on ESPN two, they are doing it again. They are putting our resumes up against each other here. Andre <laughs> Snelling's bullet points here for his accomplishments. ESPN senior writer, obviously a very fancy title. <laughs> Fantasy basketball and NBA analyst, okay, PhD in biomedical engineering. I mean, what, what has this Andre Stellings ever done? And two-time FSWA basketball writer of the year. And then here's Amber Wilson's resume. It starts off okay, like ESPN radio host. I'm a named radio host here. There we go. All right. All right. We're starting off okay. That's a dream come true. Practicing trial attorney in business and family law. Okay. And then it goes off the rails. Then it's like licensed personal trainer, which is correct, but from like 20 years ago. I'm saying, um, if you can see my belly where I'm sitting, that personal trainer is a heck of an accomplishment. I mean, the personal trainer thing is something. I mean, I'm still very, very dedicated uh, to the gym and to fitness, but I used to work many years ago in my 20s between broadcasting gigs as a personal trainer, and that was many moons ago. Uh, so it's been a minute uh, since I used that NASM cert. And then it just says University of Florida alum. Like, like you could hey. tell they were like TV. I, and Jerry bless you back there. But like you guys were just scrambling to like, we need to like put a fourth thing here. <laughs> so it matches up with Andre Snellings. You didn't even go with like my law school. You know, I graduated law school at the University of Miami. I'm a, I'm a proud Gator. So I, I'm like here for the fact that they went with my undergrad. But I feel like this is slim pickings. I need to just make up some awards because you've got this. <laughs> you've got these awards for basketball writer of the year from FS. SWA. I'm just going to start making up some stuff like I like ESPN radio winner of uh, X, Y and Z. 
Hey, first of all, this is a team. This isn't a competition, so we're we bringing each other up. And and second of all, this is your house I'm visiting for the day. And <laughs> and third of all, I believe I heard a rumor that you're a licensed lawyer in two separate states. So that makes you the Bo Jackson of this, uh, uh, of this show right now. Yeah, you're trying. I appreciate you. You are trying. Low-key Bo Jackson, uh, the biggest starstruck moment I've ever had in sports. People always ask you, like, who's the athlete? Mm-hmm. And in this world, when you live in this world, you don't really get starstruck by athletes. Athletes, that's one of those dudes that I got a little starstruck about just because of everything that guy was able to do. Bo Bo knows, baby. Bo knows. Amber Wilson, Andre Snellings, Dr. Snellings uh, joining us here on ESPN Radio, on ESPN2, and you can also watch us on ESPNU. So uh, there's no easy transition here because this story at Northwestern has been a mess for months and and obviously a, a story that dominated kind of went quiet after Pat Fitzgerald gets fired from Northwestern. We know that many lawsuits have been uh, filed now by former student athletes at Northwestern with all sorts of allegations of hazing against the university, against members of the coaching staff there at Northwestern. But we are getting towards a football season. And because of that, of course, these kids are going to be back at practice. And although a lot of players have entered the transfer portal at Northwestern, they still have to field a team this season and they still have to be competitive. And they have an interim head coach that's been part of that staff that's trying to do something there at Northwestern, not part of the staff during the allegations of hazing, though. So Northwestern players show up to practice and they're wearing shirts, Andre, and the shirts are me against the world, right? Or us against the world. Cats against the world actually is what the t-shirts specifically said. Cats against the world. And then that's followed by the number 51, which is the number that Fitzgerald wore as a two-time national defensive player of the year at Northwestern University when he played there in the mid nineties. This feels tone deaf and their interim head coach has said, Hey, it's not my job to censor and that's that's fine but i do i mean we call them kids Mm -hmm. but at this point somebody needs like they're not actually kids they're not actually kids and i feel like that this was just not the best sense that they demonstrated considering the storylines surrounding northwestern and the pending lawsuits yeah and I, i can feel that so the thing is they're trying to field a team and be competitive this year amidst everything that's going on. We're on the outside kind of looking in. And so for us, it's like, yeah, maybe it's a little tone deaf and it doesn't, it, it doesn't seem like what they should be necessarily doing. But I think what they're trying to do is go with the kind of no one believed in us but us. You know, it's, it's, it's only us. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in Michigan. There was a Detroit versus everybody theme i think that's what they're going for but they could have left the number 51 off the 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 shirt you know they could have just made it about the current team or the the wildcats brand or northwestern and and not specifically referenced um the, the the person that's at the center of this controversy i understand that there's going to be a lot of players there that of course want to support their former head coach. And I get the idea of right now that it feels like, I mean, the storm that is surrounding Northwestern in terms of the allegations and so thus in terms of the coverage and the way that we're all paying attention to that program right now for all of the wrong reasons. I can understand if you're playing in the program, the frustrations of that, right? And feeling like, well, everybody's sort of against you or out to get you and we have to take that on. I don't have a problem with the camaraderie in the locker room, right. with them finding a way to make it through a very 
difficult situation for those student athletes. But it is tone deaf in a world with these particular allegations that are still circling, that are not going away anytime soon. There may be more people's jobs that are lost because of these allegations. Some of these student athletes, some of these football players are going to be implicated in some of these hazing allegations as participants themselves. So it feels just like the wrong time to wear that shirt. And the athletic director there at Northwestern University called it inappropriate, offensive, and tone deaf. We continue on here next. This is ESPN Radio. More next 